Welcome to Marty's Music Kitchen, the fun music and food podcast where anything can happen. Today, we have the amazing entertainer and Northwest musical legend, Mr. Tony Starlight. He's the owner of the stunningly beautiful Tony Starlight Showroom, which features the extremely popular music and comedy dinner shows of famous stars like Frank Sinatra and Neil Diamond, and theme shows like AM70's Gold and The 80's Experience. I started on this ketogenic diet in June, and I've lost 20 pounds since I started it. It's been incredible. But it isn't why I started doing it. I started doing it because some people that uh, had been on this diet said it decreased their anxiety. And so, you know, when you run your own business, and there's a ton of anxiety. And so I said, well, I could do with a little less anxiety. And I started in on the diet. And then, you know, the weight loss has been a wonderful side benefit. This iconic comedian has been on the ketogenic diet since June and credits this way of eating to bringing out his younger, more handsome self. On the menu is a ketogenic-friendly chicken alfredo cauliflower casserole. What are the health benefits of this way of eating? And has it changed the way he approaches his high-energy comedy shows? Come with me into this funny man's kitchen and let's find out. So hi, Tony. Welcome Hello, to the show. Hello, Marty. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Glad I'm so glad here. that we get to talk today. I'm really excited because we have a lot in common that I never knew before, and I can't wait to More talk than just to you music it. and food? More than just music and food. Yeah, that passion. So, And I, I love your house, by the way. We're out in this beautiful area, um, and I, would you call this a houseboat? Well, the modern... Uh, the modern term is floating home. We're in a floating home. We're in a floating home. <laughs> I don't know if it's just that, that makes it sound fancier to, for the realtors. Yeah, it's beautiful. Do you have like a, a steering wheel and a captain's hat just in case you <laughs> if it go comes off to down that, that it's going to be bad. Are, are we on a river actually? <laughs> We're on Multnomah Channel, which channel. is it's a distributary. It's really just part of the Willamette River, really. I love it. And that I, leads into the uh, Columbia. It's got a nice gentle stream. Yeah, I, you took me out on the deck um, when I first got here, and it's so beautiful. I can picture, you know, cooking a meal in here and having it out on your deck, and in the summertime, it must just be stunning. It's peaceful. The only uh, drawback is... <laughs> and what is this? Jet skis. I just oh, really? can't stand them. Ah. I tried to go get a jet ski when we first moved in here, and the salesman said, I can't sell you one. You're not a big enough jerk. <gasps> really? You have no, to be a jerk on a jet ski? Oh. Yeah, to funny me, guy. They're annoying. <laughs> I, it's like I sit, I sit on the back and I'm listening to something, but all I can hear for a quarter mile approach and a quarter mile exit is. Really? That's too bad. Yeah. Well, you never, I guess you can never escape that. So, all right. Well, hey, um, what are we cooking today? We are having chicken alfredo cauliflower casserole. Woohoo! All things I like, but I'm really curious about how this is going to shape up. So this is um, a ketogenic? Yeah, I started on this ketogenic diet in June and... I've lost 20 pounds since oh, I started really? it. It's been incredible. Wow. But it isn't why I started doing it. I started doing it because some people that uh, had been on this diet said it decreased their anxiety. Ah. And so, you know, when you run your own business, and there's a ton of anxiety, right? Uh -huh. And so I said, well, I could do with a little less 
anxiety and I started in on the diet and then you know the weight loss has been a wonderful side benefit really and this uh, is in addition more to like energy and I, exercise of the shows you're not like doing outside stuff I don't do extra exercise yet but that's sort of next on on the list I used to jog all the time as long story but I hurt my foot and uh, I was like doing shows in one of those <laughs> those little those little uh, scooters that you put your hurt leg on. Oh, I was, were you I had really? to do like a whole Christmas series of 20 Aww. shows in one of those things. So I'm not going back to jogging, but I need to yeah, find some lower that. impact exercise. Let's, let's do like an elliptical machine. <laughs> That's pretty safe. Let's do that. They are. But the elliptical demands conformity. It's like, this is the size of your gate. And it's like, I, that's not my gate. Yeah, actually, you know, I run into I that. I want to find one I can adjust to exactly well, okay, the way so I move. What exactly is the ketogenic diet? Well, in a nutshell, you don't eat sugar, for okay. one. So I, I can get sugar from things like blueberries and strawberries in small amounts. And you get a little bit, like if you have yogurt, there's a little tiny bit. But you just try to have as little bit of sugar as possible. You don't use honey or sweeteners and things anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you try to keep your carbs under 25 a day, which is like wow. really, 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 really low. And you do it even yeah. accidentally. Just from vegetables, you can get 25 carbs a day. So I can't, I don't really eat wheat, rice, potatoes, any of those types um, of things. And there's so and many things that have today. carbs that you don't even know. Like uh, I, my favorite snack for the longest time was cashews. And I thought, oh, this is great for me. But they're like the, one of the highest nuts and carbs. So, do you, when you first started out, were you like counting and like referring no, to your lists and I trying to figure really it count. out? Or? I, I'm not really precise that way. I just try to deny myself pleasure <laughs> <laughs> and just sort of see how it goes. Yeah, I, you know, when I started, I was like, well, every Sunday I can eat whatever I want. Uh -huh. And so that helped. So then on Sunday, I could eat a big plate of French fries and do all these things. But it's like, once you get five, six days under your belt, first week's horrible. Then the second week, third week, fourth week, by the time you get to that cheat day, you're kind of like, eh, this stuff doesn't taste as good as it used to. Yeah. I had a pie at somebody's house, and I got home, and it was 8.30, and I just fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> I a total sugar like, crash. Like that much sugar and, and oh, uh, crust and all that. That's so And so sweet. now you just kind of... Little sleeping You change your, your taste buds, and then... Um, you know, and then of course losing weight, it's just nice having this, I'm better than all of you feeling now, you know, <laughs> for as long as it lasts. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I've, I've lost a lot of weight in my lifetime, so I understand. Yeah, it's okay, you got to keep it up. So, well, I'm, I'm really super impressed that um, you've done this. So congratulations on a job well done so far. Well, and I got my drummer to do it and he's lost 15 pounds in one month. Really? Um, Who's your drummer? Micah Hummel. And... Um, well, my life now living out here and not having the, the restaurant that was open five nights a week, that was hard. I was gone five nights every week, at least five nights So you're talking week. about the supper club that you yeah, used to Tony own. Yeah, Star, uh, Supper Club Lounge at 37th and Sandy. My new one, I just do private events and, and, and weekends and things. So consequently, I'm home five days a week. Uh -huh. And when I'm home, I can cook. And that's the whole... Whoo! That's the what sound is of, it? of yumminess. What could it be? Well, so, what we're going to do... Well, so... so this diet's really hard if you can't cook a lot. Okay. And so now I cook all the time. I know? can understand that. So what you're doing right now is taking out, it looks like a completely made casserole out of the oven. Yeah, I put this in. 
Ooh, earlier. Ooh, nummy, nummy. And, um, you know, what we're gonna do for the last little bit, though, is um, we're gonna melt some cheese on the top. Uh-huh. But I think, since I accidentally put that in with the lid on, I think I'm just gonna cook it. Ooh. Pop it back in? I'm gonna cook it for a few more minutes. Okay. Um, and then we're gonna melt some cheese on the top, like with the broiler. Okay. Like very, so you get that like crunchy cheese. Yeah. Oh, on the you top. had me at cheese. Yeah. So I'm so confused. So you don't get sugar mm -hmm. and you're doing low carbs. Isn't cheese carbs? Uh, I'm not a dietitian, but I can tell you that I, that I don't care. I eat as much cheese as I possibly like okay, I go. Good to know. Well, this is what I do is I, I went to this, I said ketogenic shopping list. Ah. And so it's just this long list of things that I could eat. Yeah. And I just said, I'm only going to eat the things that are on this list. Okay. And so that's kind of how I did it. Now, there are some people, like my drummer is actually keeping track of uh -huh. like this and that. But that's not my style at all. I just want like a loose guideline. Yeah, that's what I did and when I lost just, weight too. Same just thing. Just follow that. Not only and plus, I, I wasn't really day. trying to lose weight. Like I said, it was kind of a side benefit. And how has that worked? You said it was to reduce stress? Yeah, it's worked great. And I don't have a headache at the end of every day like I've had my whole life, which is by yeah. about 10 o'clock, I have a headache every day. But now I don't. Okay, so food <laughs> is like, you know, the drug of choice. I think we don't realize what a powerful effect it has on mm -hmm. our whole system. You know, how you think, how you process, how you're able to put thoughts together. It's all yeah. those things have to be you know, firing on the same energy source, right? Well, absolutely. And people that are really like into this, you know, if you read online or whatever, it's like they don't drink alcohol either. It's like, I'm not oh. insane. Oh, well, yeah. I'm just trying to, I just trying to. I like my occasional beverage. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so tell me, what is, I mean, like, how would you put this chicken alfredo? Let's talk through it. Well, yeah, so what, chicken first thing I did is took like a head of uh, cauliflower. Yeah and I took a couple crowns of broccoli. Okay. I just chopped them all into about bite-sized pieces. Okay, did you use stems um, yeah, with the broccoli stems as, as well? well. Uh -huh. Yeah, Okay. Although the, the ones that I bought just didn't have very much on it, but I would totally use stems on it and just sort of cut them into little bite-sized pieces. Uh -huh. And I put it in a deep pot because later when you stir it, if you have it in a small pot, you make a mess and it goes everywhere. Okay, so like a cooking have... pot on the stove? Yeah. Okay. And I put it in, like, it seems silly when you first just put it in there, but I learned the hard way that you want plenty of, like, room to not spill later when you're mixing all the cheese sauce Okay, with it. that is, a, like, a key point. Thank yes. you for saying that. All right. And then uh, got some chicken breast, about three-quarters of a pound. Diced those up into little bite-sized pieces. Did it in olive oil, salt, pepper. Italian seasoning, just sort of cook that off. While I was doing that, I cut up um, four slices of bacon, like bacon's on this diet, which I just love. I adore bacon. And so I just cooked pans of bacon. There's always bacon like in the fridge in the or fridge, somewhere. Pre -cooked. Putting recipes. Do you, you bake know? it in the oven? Yeah, that's yeah. the best way. Isn't it? Actually, you know, it's interesting that you and I are both fans of birds. Bird nerds. I have been a bird nerd since uh, I went with my junior uh, high school class out to Malheur, the wildlife right. refuge. I haven't been there. I was going to go this year and my plans changed. Yeah, and we always went bird watching and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've just always been a huge bird fan. Um, I can look at them and, you know, identify a lot. So tell me, tell me more. Well, it happened. It what ties into the jogging. So I couldn't jog anymore. And I used to go jogging with these two dogs here. We'd go on five mile jogs and they still like to go outside and get a ton of exercise. So I'm walking them 
and they just they have to smell every single thing like 10 <laughs> times you know and i started just because i couldn't jog and i was getting so bored on these walks i started i just brought a pair of binoculars uh-huh. to pass the time yeah and then at the scale of when you can see their lives now you can see what they're actually doing and their coloration and their behavior it's like this is a reality show. Ah. You know? They're not playing. They're fighting. Oh. <laughs> you know? What are uh, they doing? Oh, my gosh. Crazy, crazy world of birds. And so then I just started kind of got a field guide and started keeping track and then bought bigger and better binoculars and then yeah. bought a camera and then started working it into, you know, so much when my wife and I go on vacation, we like to hike. A lot and uh-huh. so it's like the perfect thing to bring along a camera and binoculars on hikes when yep. you go to different parts of the country and try to find you know this summer we're up in montana it's like what can i find up here that we don't have down in you know portland okay i have to know what's been your favorite out-of-state hike so far boy that's tough probably when we went to hawaii the big island this year and we did a hike that was all along the beach and was really dependent on where the tide was which wasn't the tide isn't as crazy as it is here it just it fluctuates only a little bit but ah. there's a couple of places that are kind of tricky to get past like if you don't know if you don't go at the right tide time i like to have a break from music and entertainment that has nothing to do with music and entertainment and so that's I why i really got into it because when i go do that i can focus a hundred percent on that and i don't think about anything else but that that's what I feel when I hike. I get that about a mile, mile and a half in. It's the one place where my mind kind of calms, that and walking beside the ocean, where my mind calms enough that I don't have business and music and lyrics and songs and my day job and all those things mm-hmm. going through my head. So hiking does that for me. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so how are we doing on our casserole? Hey, let's pull it out and put the cheese on it now. So it's been in about 50 minutes, 5-0. Okay. Because you're putting raw broccoli and cauliflower in there, so it's got to, you know, cook. Yeah, and so while you're pulling that out, um, we kind of paused in the middle of this recipe and got on our bird truck. Yeah. Um, So you've got everything in a pot, you're cooking it up, you throw the chicken in. Then I drain the chicken, I put the chicken on top of that big pot of vegetables, right, that we had, uh, which is just broccoli and and cauliflower. Then I throw the bacon bits that I chopped up earlier, throw that in there. Uh Then I make the cheese sauce. So that was like three tablespoons of butter, two tablespoons of olive oil. I did eight cloves of garlic. I like garlic. So there's a lot uh, of garlic in there. That's great. <laughs> uh, sauteed, got the garlic going for about a minute. Uh-huh. Put a little pepper in it. Then eight ounces of heavy cream, mm-hmm. eight ounces of sour cream. I like this diet. Then it's, it's warming <laughs> up. Once it gets to where it's kind of just warm, you don't want it really bubbling. You just uh-huh. want it warm. Then I put in two cups of mozzarella cheese. Uh-huh. And then about three quarters of a cup of like, I have a mixed Italian cheese. It's like Parmesan Romano, something like that. It's like six Italian cheeses mixed. That so I put that in good. there. And you just let it sit there real gently and you stir it and you're just trying to get it to melt. Uh-huh. You know, not yep. too hot, not too cool. It takes about five minutes. Then dump that whole sauce on top and then you got to stir that big collection of Which goodies. Which is why we needed such a big pot. That's why we need the big pot because otherwise you're going to slop it everywhere. And um, the voice of experience. <laughs> everything I do right, I've done wrong once, at least once. Yeah, right. Well, that's how you learn. So. And then uh, you throw it in a casserole dish. You throw it in 
for about 45 minutes. Then we're gonna sprinkle some cheese on top so that we can have a nice melted crust that along looks the great. top there. And then remember that you just took this out of the oven and use your oven mitts. So um, you said we're making something else. Oh yeah, well so... A side to a side? The thing that you miss the most when you go on this diet is bread. Bread, Because there's I nothing like imagine. bread. Yep. And so I'm really, I'm, I'm calling this keto garlic toast because I don't want to use the word bread. Uh -huh. Because I, it's like I hate it when they call it like tofurkey. It's like just, just be tofu. You're yeah. tofu. Yeah. You're not turkey. Quit trying to be turkey. <laughs> and so, come like, on. All these things that are replacements, you know, like uh, pasta replacements. You don't right. make eggplant parmesan, or you can make, you can make lasagna with cabbage. Yeah. Instead of noodles, you yeah. know. But it's not lasagna. Okay, I have a confession. I, I can tell you're Italian, aren't you? By heritage? My, uh, yes. My okay. uh, so grandmother don't, don't was Marie like, Dulce. Don't uh, kill me. But I really <laughs> love zucchini noodles. That's my thing now because... Oh, they're great. I love zucchini noodles because they kind of take on whatever flavor of my sauce or whatever. Well, and so I do don't you make get... them yourself or you're saying you buy pre-made zucchini I, I, noodles? No, I what? make them myself. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask for Santa to bring me a an electric... Uh, zucchini noodle maker because let me tell you by hand sometimes it can get uh, a little tedious I'm and I haven't figured out how excited. to cook them. I didn't know about this. Oh, they're so great! It's called. Um, let, can I say this on the air? I'm pretty sure it's called a vegetti. <laughs> <laughs> vegetti. I'm not it. kidding. You could say it, but we couldn't show it. Yes, right. So, um, and it's a little <laughs> handheld. Um, you know, you just stick a cap in the end of the zucchini and you grate it through, and it makes these lovely noodles. Oh my goodness! Um, but that I've just recently found out that they actually have an electronic. <laughs> <laughs> unit <laughs> that you can make your noodles out of. So, um, at any rate, uh, yeah, this is a family See show. See this? So look, it's just starting to get brown. Now watch how quick it's going to get brown. Oh, wow, look at that. So you have literally like a 30-second window of which this uh, browning is going to be just right, which is, to me, like right there. That looks great. The Marty's Music Kitchen podcast is brought to you in cooperation with Oregon Music News. So we'll let that cool a minute, and we could make this um, ketogenic garlic toast. It's okay. made with um, almond flour and coconut flour. Okay. And uh, I love almond flour. That's that. Um, sometimes I thicken gravy if I'm gonna, eat, you know, like a bone broth or uh, giblet gravy. I'll thicken it with almond flour or some other kind of arrowroot. That's what I use, arrowroot flour. That's that pretty sounds good. delicious. Now, I added the coconut flour just on my own because the normal recipe on the internet called for just almond flour. Uh -huh. But I really like the flavor of this coconut flour. I feel like uh, this would be... Um, so as if your... it's two-thirds, one-third ratio, I like it. Oh, that's great. I feel like we should introduce your 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 dog children. Little dogs? Okay. Because they are, as you're pulling stuff out of the cupboard, they're very attentive. Yeah, and I know... They're, um, they're canine mops. I can spill and they, they will Hi. just kindly take care of it. So the little one is Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. We got him second. We got Gracie earlier. They're both, you know, last chance dogs from California. Ah. Where... They had been, somebody had taken them home and decided that they were too much for them and brought them oh, back. So As a pair? No, separately. Oh. And 
We don't have kids, so we figured we have the patience for these dogs other people don't want. Yeah, I, I have a dog and two cats, and those are, you know, my fur, my fur children, as I like to call them. I unfortunately have one cat that likes to go in and out of the doors all the time. You know, in, out, let's go. I want out. Well, no, wait, I want in. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I want out. Um, and yeah, the other one's just an Jackson's indoor cat. annoying. Though. He sits and just scratches that he wants out, and then two seconds later, he scratches he wants in. So we're right. going to go one and a half tablespoons of butter. A butter? And we're going to melt that. Okay. I'm going to get out of the way. In the microwave. Because I know the microwave's on the other side. It takes about 30 seconds. I'm now, the important thing is that you get a mug that's a cylinder. If you get one that goes out wide mm -hmm. for later, because we're actually going to cook it in that, it's uneven. You know? Ah. It needs to be like a perfect cylinder. Okay. All right. So we got two tablespoons of almond flour. Is this your own recipe? It's modified from the internet. So it's kind of like, it's funny, you it's were talking about like, how does what I do relate to music? Yes. Okay, so I sing songs other people wrote. And I cook recipes other people came up with. Yeah. But then I put my own spin on it completely. So yeah. it's like I take the structure of what somebody else created, uh -huh. and then I figure out how to make it mine and so that's exactly what happens so that i've taken this idea for some bread and uh you know take somebody else's structure and put my own little my own little thing on it i i like that i like to be able to do you that. know i read um on your beautiful blog you you're quite the writer um and actually i was really surprised to find out that you spent in your younger years Three seasons. I think it's called the L.A. Help me out here. The L.A. Comedy. L.A. Connection Comedy Theater. Yeah, and you know, you had said that they were three unsuccessful years, but yet at the end of that, you said, but you were voted best writer by your peers. So I mean, that doesn't sound so unsuccessful. Yeah, I. Well, you know, you measure success when you're L.A. is if you have your own TV show by the end of it. Like that's how you measure. <laughs> oh. And. Um, uh, there was a lot of, can you impersonate somebody who's alive? Ah. There's a, a lot of, you know. Can you? I would of get, course you can. I could, but I didn't want to, I suppose. Not my style. Okay, so we, put, we have an egg in here. We have some baking powder. Right. We're going to put a little pinch of salt. And is this a recipe you can uh, we can post online for yeah, our listeners? Yeah, exactly. Great. We're going to throw some garlic powder into here because we're trying to make little garlic toast. I'd say that's probably about a teaspoonish. And then we're going to put some of this Italian seasoning in there, too. Of course. That should be tasty, yummy, good. It looks tasty, yummy, Then we're going to dump our butter okay. in. Melted butter. Not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, just enough. And then you take this whisk, and you just whisk it all together. I'd say you're going to spend about... 45 seconds or so doing this, just kind of gathering it all, not too much. It doesn't get... It's like the consistency of uh, maybe a thick pudding or maybe even a roux. Yeah, exactly. Then you take your rubber scraper spatula. I always called this a spatula and then I was corrected. Were you? I would call it a spatula. That's a rubber scraper. It's the rubber thingy that you scrape the bowl with. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, and you're putting it back in the cup. You that put it you back melted. in the cup that's already kind of greased in a way, right? Because yeah. it's got the butter that you melted in there. Right. Then you kind of give it a swirl so that it sits level. You try to get, you know, right. pop the bubbles. Uh-huh. And we're going to throw it in the microwave for 90 seconds. I am so going to make this. I'm very excited about this. Then we're going to get a cutting board ready because when that's done, we're going to throw it on the cutting board. Then we're going to cut it into pieces uh -huh. that we can then toast. We'll put a little butter, some of this garlic that's left over. I cut extra garlic. That and looks like about uh, maybe three-ish cloves of garlic, maybe four. Yeah, something like that. And then we'll put a little Parmesan cheese. So in LA, was that when you, I mean, did you discover that you had this gift for imitating? Well, yeah, that L.A. changed everything because for years I just did one character, which was Tony Starlight. And I didn't do a wide variety of voices. I just did, I was kind of a smart ass lounge singer saying really offensive things in my 20s. <laughs> like, okay. And people loved it. But then as I was, get, as getting older, I was like, well... This isn't my personality anymore. It's kind of weird, like when you change a bit of your personality, but you kind of have established a brand that people want you to keep doing, but you're like, well, I don't really want to do that anymore. Yeah. So I actually had to leave here because people wouldn't accept me just sort of changing. You mean you were here I used to do a lot of really blue humor. You were here in Portland doing that? Yeah. And so in 99, we went to LA and I redefined myself. Okay, look, and it comes out like that. Oh, it's like a little cake. It's like a yeah. mug cake. It's a little loaf, and then we just go like that, and we let it cool. Check it out. Tony, you are so smart. <laughs> Love it. We're going to let that sit just right, a minute. Let go here. But going to L.A. and in the theater doing, you know, improv training. Yep. And um, writing yeah. for the theater, yeah. writing for other people, writing for other actors. It's like I tapped into a whole other part of my abilities that I didn't know that I had. And I, what people never believe about me is I was extremely shy until my early 20s. And so I didn't do theater in high school. I didn't mm -hmm. do band in high school because uh -huh. I was too shy yeah. to do it. And... Um, so then I did all of that and, you know, it didn't lead, you know, where you dream it would lead, but it gave me a, a skill set so that when I, one day I, I realized if we sold our house in LA, because the real estate market had completely turned around from when we moved there, I would have enough money to move back to Portland and open a venue and do the Tony Starlight show the way I always wanted to do the Tony Starlight show, because I was doing it like at somebody's rock club who was like, I've worked on this show and I'd show up for sound check and there'd be some guy going, give me kick, give me kick. It's like, you don't even need to mic the drums for what I'm doing. Snare, give me snare, give me snare. Give it all and I'll play the whole rack. And it just, I just hated the venues. I hated, the, and my dogs hate the venues too. Yeah, apparently. And or they so, just hate the snare. Because I always dreamed of being Ricky Ricardo and, you know, doing a floor show and right. doing like a show, 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 show. There's not a band that's in the background. Yeah. And if you go to a venue, it's not like I got there an hour early and then right before the band started, somebody stood up in front of me and I had to watch their butt for the whole show. It's Aww. like, this is not how a venue should be. No. So I made it a venue the way that I wanted it to be. And, and that became the... That became the first one. Tony was, Starlight's Supper Club Supper, and Lounge. Yeah, Supper Club and Lounge. And it was a dream. And I loved all eight years of it. 
Um, and because I'm not doing it now doesn't mean I didn't love it. Like, But you still are doing it. But this yeah, is like the reinvention. Yeah. This is like, um, the, the, from what I have seen and learned, I feel as if the Tony Starlight Supper Club and Lounge was like the first incarnation, right? No. And I feel like this um, is a much more almost refined, uh, maybe well, even yeah, and I'm elevated. Not doing kind everything. Of a... I mean, I used to do. I managed day-to-day <laughs> -day operations. I did everything. You know, it was like too much to do, and I. And it was funny. I talked to a woman the other day, Cynthia, a friend of mine. She said, well, I was mad at you for closing the club until you said one thing to me. And then I was like, oh, you did the right thing. And what I told her was that the other day I sat down and played guitar for an hour and I felt guilty, like I should be doing work related to the business. And it's like, well, but what you are foremost is this entertainer. Like you should be playing guitar for an hour. So the day-to-day -day operations of that place took too much time. So now we're spreading a little butter on top of these. So I, I took that loaf and I cut it into four slices. Uh-huh. I did it the long way, but you could do it like discs if you want. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to throw... Marty, you get to do something. How about you? Uh, I like it. You can uh, garlic and Parmesan those babies. I will do it. What's your favorite? Like, have you ever had a character that you completely identified that was just like, like, oh my gosh, I could I can imitate this person forever. <laughs> I mean, like who? Like... Well, Dean Martin is. I mean, I there's people who do better Dean Martins than me. I've seen them. They're great. I can get the spirit of Dean Martin, but the spirit of Dean Martin is what I love. It's just he was so funny in the moment, and I never understand why Dean Martin's name is never listed among the great comedians. Really? Ever. I've never heard him listed among great comedians. I guess I never great realized. Singers. I never realized he was a comedian. He's funnier than Jerry Lewis. Oh, boo, boo, boo yourselves, listeners. Oh. He's way funnier <laughs> than. Oh come on. He was so cool, so casual. You had two iconic performers who all they ever wanted was Oops. approval from Dean Martin. Sorry. Frank Sinatra. All they ever wanted was Dean Martin to love him. Oh. All. All. Uh, uh, Jerry Lewis ever wanted was for Dean Martin to love him. Everybody knew Dean was the best at that. Hmm. Um, oh, gosh but, darn it. I keep, I keep dumping the Parmesan. Am oh, I, my God. Are we going to die of the amount of garlic of I actually house. put on this bread? Can we throw you in the river? Did you no. put a life jacket on? No. <laughs> I'm a good swimmer, though, but it is kind of dark, so, you know. Uh, so, Dean Martin, that's your guy. I love to do Dean Martin. but And so I've gotten to where I sort of improvise within the character of Dean Martin because... So many of the jokes are of a time, and yeah, many of them are racially offensive. Many of them are offensive to women, and so on and so Ooh, forth. Shoot. So, but I can come up with jokes that, if he were around today, he would probably say. Like I just get in his mind, and uh -huh. improvise jokes that kind of fit in his style. What do you think? Is that good enough? That's awesome. All right. So now we're gonna throw this, and again, my broiler is like uh, Mordor. More, the broiler of Mordor. Yeah, the mighty I like fires it, you know, of Mordor. I can relate to the sci-fi references because I'm kind <laughs> of a sci-fi girl. So was there ever a character that you tried that you just said, oh, my God, well, I don't ever want to do this again. I'm done. Oh, God, it happens all the time. People, really? Well, well, there's ones I try, and I, it's like, oh, I could, and, and you can't do it. Like, I can't do David Bowie. I can't make the voice. I don't know why. Really? I can't make the voice. I have friends who can do it. I have it's seen It's some you... that you can get uh. and some that you can't, and then, like, Rod Stewart. I can't do Rod Stewart. Um, 
there's a couple that people always think I should be able to do, and they ask it all the time, and I can't do it. Like Paul McCartney, all that stuff. Paul McCartney sings so high. Oh, uh, most yeah. Of the, and most of the things, by the way, is, is since I was an uneducated musician, I didn't realize for all my life uh, that I'm a baritone. I was just going to say, <laughs> I think you're a baritone. So. Because all of the people, like when I finally found Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, I love the Morrissey, which is one of the few 80s artists who is a baritone. Because uh -huh. I, I can sing along to their album. But, you know, you put uh, anybody else on. You put Phil Collins on. I'm singing in my falsetto the whole time. You're not, How can I just yeah. let you You're not going to be in a hot take on me, take me. No, I'm not going You're to. You're not going to do that? Well, and that's the 80s show is the hardest thing physically on me. I've learned to do it. Well, over the years, I've learned to expand my vocal range. That's one thing I really respect that, I mean, you have an ability. I mean, you say I'm going to sing in my falsetto the whole time, but I mean, you are like just pitch perfect, right on the money and so believable. You're like, oh man, that's a guy's a tenor. But <laughs> I was so shocked. I was online watching some of your videos yeah. and here you are singing the Star Spangled Banner. And I'm like, oh my God, he's a baritone. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Well, well that's you, where I'm more comfortable. Would you, I mean, could you do something for me right now? I mean, like in some voice that you like? I mean, could oh you give me a goodness. snippet? Oh, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all feel better if people paid for this? Give me, like give if me they a preview a of your, of your Christmas show. All right. Uh, I've been doing a lot of studying for my Christmas. And okay. uh, do you know the Burger Meister Meister Burger? <gasps> One of my favorite all-time characters, a yes. Toy? I hate toys. Either they are going or I am going. And I certainly am not going, Grimsley. Take this down. It's a difficult responsibility that you accept from the number one lawmaker, me. Be it known throughout the land from sea to sea. There'll be no more toy makers. Well, then there's the other guy in there who goes, there'll be no more Toy makers. <laughs> Dude, that's perfect. I have seen that. That's such a classic, like early. I know it's probably made in the late sixties, early seventies when I was a, you know, yeah. a TV watching child. Oh God, I love television music. I have a whole show we're doing Saturday, and we'll have another one in January. That is nothing but television theme songs. Ah. And really? I have a theory of why I think television theme songs are so good, and and I'm just thinking of this. You tell me what you think. Okay. I think the people that wrote television theme songs grew up listening to the standards and wanted to write the standards. Absolutely. But then when they got older, it was like, there's no market for this. It's yeah. everyone wants, you know, rotatuity. It's like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of the television music is so well written. It's written as good as standards. And the reason it is, people Agreed. think it's fluff and it's stupid, it's like, no. you remember this song your whole life because it's so well constructed. Think of the song from the Munsters. Mm -hmm. That oh, was man. like a total classic big band. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many of these um, TV shows that were meant for kids that are all these rich arrangements, big band arrangements, or, you know, I don't know. I mean, Doris Day and um, June Christie, I think they both oh, sang you just Bewitched. My favorite june christie's my favorite i love them love them so all i'm right, gonna warm up some plates. bowls in the microwave for Ooh, us so that's that... great my... i started doing that and i got really snobby about it it's like i always have to heat up my plate oh really oh, oh. and my mug like if i go to someone's house and they go would you like coffee 
And I'm like, oh, don't put it into a cold mug. Oh my gosh, you are like a, you are a, how would you say that? A heated- Control freak? Heated, oh, is that what it is? No. Bum, bum. I'm not, but I am used to being the boss. At, yeah. You know, so uh, at least as far as that goes, but I'm not uh, insane. So if, I, if, I lived in LA around people who like to be the boss and they're insane, so I'll never be that level. I find that um, <laughs> in my creative path, um, when I'm allowed to create my vision to create what what I saw um, to my best of my ability, then that seems to just fly perfectly along. And if someone else comes and sits on my shoulder and says, no, do it this way. No, mm -hmm. that's wrong. No, do it this way. Then it's almost the product that I get is kind of, um, you know, a, a poor facsimile of what I had envisioned and doesn't do as well. Right. You're kind of explaining my whole career. It's like why I had the small little crappy corner in Sandy Boulevard because mm -hmm. it was like the place that I could afford to do 100% on my own money. Yeah. I had investors yeah. and they had, we had meetings and I'm like, you don't like, well, where's the TV going to go? What if there's a big duck game? People got to, I'm like, well, then, no. then they're not coming a to my duck club. Game. You know, where's the video poker machines going to, and, and when I opened my place, they said, hey, you can't have a music venue that's non-smoking. Because when I opened, we were like one of the first in Portland that were non-smoking. I said, well, I'll let the market decide if, if uh, non-smoking, and then two years later, the whole state yeah. you know, had passed that. Yeah. But, um, so, um... but then, so the same thing with my show. I mean, I've been self-producing my own show while I've heard people my whole life saying, why are you imitating Jimmy Durante? No one knows who Jimmy Durante is. Why are you doing, you know, this? Nobody understands, like, um, I just really headstrong about, well, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested it's, in this. Right, so it's I'm what gonna gives you joy, right? Do, I'd rather do it the way that I want to do it and fail than do it yeah. the way someone else wants me to do it and succeed, if that sounds I crazy. Think the thing, I think the key to that is that because you're doing what you envisioned, as we dish this mm -hmm. up, um, that it, it gives that that magic little oh, unexplainable yeah. spark That's that my makes favorite it part. fly. I did my 25th anniversary show at the... Alberta Rose Theater. It was a huge production. I had people give me awards. This was just recently, yes. right? Congratulations, <laughs> And I wrote everything that was said in the show, I wrote and was on a teleprompter. So my guests had no idea what they were going to say. They just walked out and would read what was on the teleprompter. <laughs> and, you know, we did the show. We had so much fun. But to me, I was sitting there going, all of this was in my head six months ago, and now it's all happening. Like, that's... Yep. For me, the whole fun thing. Now I've done all the steps in between. Right. And I've assembled all the great team, by the way. I have an amazing team of people from the woman who's been selling tickets in the box office and decorating everything and uh, helping sell tickets. Kristen's been with me 12 years. I've had the same light man for 12 years. That's great. Uh, these wonderful Loyal, musicians that I have. beautiful people. Let's dig in. This Let's, is ready. Um, it, the, the kitchen smells amazing. We've got... This toasty, it looks just like bread. I don't know why you wouldn't call that bread. Oh, you tell me. I, it looks, I mean, we made it with flour, right? We did, yeah. So um, while we're planting this up, tell us about um, your Christmas shows. I understand you have a whole fleet of Christmas shows yeah, coming Christmas up. Yeah, Christmas is for, coming up. For people who haven't been to a show, what can they expect? What's, what's it like? Well, a little bit of kind of what you'd expect as far as what we've talked about. You're going to hear Dean Martin. You're going to yep. hear Bing Crosby. Oh, yes. Which is one of my favorite. I've... I do a great Bing Crosby show, and I've 
couple times tried to field it and it's done really poorly and I thought, why didn't I put flyers in the cemetery where all his fans are? <laughs> <laughs> we do some of those Rankin and Bass things that you're talking that I was just singing, you know, so we do some songs from like the year without a Santa Claus, ah, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love it. Uh, the Heat Miser and the Cold Miser, you know. Do you sing, just put one foot in front of You know what? I was sitting really hard today trying to figure out, because I've been doing this show for 12 years. Uh-huh. And so I talk to people all the year. It's like, well, do you want new stuff or the same stuff? And right. it's like, what I kind of get is people want it to be about 90% the same as last year. So I can only change a little bit at, at a, a time. time. And so that was on my list because uh, I'm doing a, a couple shows. Like I'm doing one in Lake Oswego for the city concert. And I have a full horn band for the first time. Uh -huh. So I'm having horn arrangements written. I thought that one has a great horns in it. Yeah. And so I wanted to add that. But when I got all the list and I realized I can only really add three things. So, you know, I have Didn't to tell you, um, you know, what you've created here in this audience, as you're getting forks, because gosh darn it, I'm hungry, mm -hmm. um, is, um, you know, you've created the culture that is Tony Starlight. And uh, that's, I think, you know, um, once you have something that's, uh, you know, that, that, that people, um, identify with in whatever, whether it's like your Neil Diamond show or your 80s show or your Christmas show, you know, yeah. they identify. That's like part of their Christmas season. It's yeah. part of that culture. People email me and want to know because their parents are planning their visit around my shows. <laughs> your show? No pressure. <laughs> or, or the kids, you know, will be like, uh, it's so funny to hear little kids tell their parents, like, we're going to see Tony Starlight Christmas, aren't we? You oh, know? really? And it's just, uh, it's, uh, I never understand when people say it's humbling, because that's not humbling. It makes me feel awesome. No, that, that's <laughs> so great. Humbling is being yelled at by a real estate agent who you're assistant to in L.A. Yeah. Like, that's humiliating and humbling. Wouldn't it's it be... not humbling that people say, we want to plan our trip around you. Oh, yeah. That no, makes you feel just, just on top of the world. Cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm looking. Can I dig in? Dig Here, in, wait. Please. Here, let's, let's, let's make a toast please. of our forks. Here's to uh, ketogenic diet no. and uh, music um, forever because music Making is the food of music. the soul. Yep. All right. This is, wow, this is still really hot. Yes, it is. But it looks delicious. And if, I did, if we did it right, it's still a little firm, like the broccoli. Oh, yeah. And it's still got a, it doesn't become mushy. If it's mushy, I cooked it too long. Oh. Wow. Mmm. Isn't this good? Mm-hmm. You can see how you can eat this diet. Uh, I could eat this diet. I was really doubting it. You were explaining I'm like, no, can't do it. Okay, I'm going to try the bread. Mm -hmm. um, what I like about this is I've got that flavor. It tastes like carbonara mm -hmm. with the bacon in yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And that beautiful, it's a total Alfredo flavor. And I was like, oh, yeah, how is it going to do that? But no, this is delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay, here goes the bread. And I do apologize for the amount of garlic that's on here. No, it's what I love. Oh. And then you have this, and you, I think next time, next time I'm going to put mm. some spinach. Like when I do the chicken, I'm going to cook some spinach with it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that fit in there, lovely? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right now, this bread that you just made in the microwave, delicious, <laughs> Dio delicioso. Oh, it's um, great. This it is just, so good. You just need that little bit. Mm. Because 
I don't know. Maybe if you didn't grow up eating it, but God, when, you know. Wow. When you grow up eating bread, you know, there's still nothing to replace chocolate. I tried making some chocolate cake the other day, but I had the wrong artificial sweetener here. Got to find the right artificial sweetener, but so um, there's different things you can make from that. But bread is something that's so hard to say goodbye to, but this kind of makes it okay. Mm, this is good. So uh, what are the dates of your uh, Christmas show? Oh, God, they're numerous. They can so, find that yeah, on your website? Yeah, on TonyStarlight.com. Mm -hmm. Some things to think about. They're almost all at the Tony Starlight showroom, but December 6th, I'll be at ALNA Casino doing it. Okay, good to know. Um, and if they come to the showroom, do they get fed? Yeah, you know, when you go online, you order a dinner and show ticket. So you're going to pay like, you know, 65 bucks for a dinner and a show ticket. And then you're going to look at the menu and just select right from there. And, and that... they can get a sampling. I very much uh, enjoy the videos that are on your mm -hmm. website and also on YouTube. Yeah. Um, oh, I wanted to say that um, this bread has to be one of your best life hacks ever. <laughs> and if people want to know what a life hack is by Tony Starlight, they're just going to have to go to your videos <laughs> and, and figure it out. So... Well, Tony, this has been a delightful conversation, and I am thoroughly enjoying this meal. Just delicious. We'll thank have you. the recipe online for our listeners. And thank you so much for um, yeah. being a guest. And as always, standing on the shoulders of other cooks. I mean, I took 90% of two other people's recipes and gave it the little Tony Starlight twist. Love it. Tony Starlight twist. <laughs> it was the best. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marty. I'm your host, jazz singer Marty Mendenhall. This show was made with support from patrons just like you. Find out how you can attend a recording of the show and be part of the fun at patreon.com forward slash Marty Mendenhall. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time on Marty's Music Kitchen. If you find